for the Lord himself shall come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the blast of God's shofar. And the dead in Messiah shall rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left behind, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. 1 Thessalonians 4, verses 16 through 18. period of preparation in the month of Elul, looking forward to the fall feasts of the Lord, we consider today the work of the Spirit, but also leading into that, the sound of the shofar, the sound of the trumpet. What is the meaning of this and what does it do for us in the life of faith? What is it teaching us? What is it reminding us of? What is it stirring in us? That is some of the questions that we will be looking at today and how the sound of the shofar connects to the work of the Holy Spirit and how we're to encourage each other. These words that I've just read, and I will read again from First Thessalonians, how are they to encourage us? Well, as a bride preparing, we are waiting for the return of the Messiah. And in that, we would be encouraged because we know that all that we are enduring today All that we are seeing today are leading us to that great revelation. So let's read from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. I'll begin in verse 13. Now we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about those who are asleep, so that you may not grieve like the rest who have no hope. For if we believe that Yeshua, that Jesus died and rose again, So with him, God will also bring those who have fallen asleep in Yeshua. For this we tell you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord shall in no way precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself shall come down from heaven with a commanding shout and with the voice of the archangel and with the blast of God's shofar and the dead in Messiah shall rise first. Then we who are alive who are left behind, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Messiah, to meet the Lord in the air. And so we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. The podcast today deals with the work of the Holy Spirit. As we began last week, come to me. We're looking at this season of Elul as a time of preparation, these weeks that are leading into the fall feasts of the Lord. A preparation, a looking inward to the work of sanctification that the Lord is doing in all of us as we prepare for this festive season and we prepare to experience all that the Lord has in store for us. But today we look at the work of the Spirit, the work of the Spirit in us. What is the Holy Spirit doing? And as we've just read, the trumpet, the shofar, plays an important role in the lives of the assembly of God. If we look back historically, it calls us to assembly, to movement, to war, to attention. And it's the sound of victory and also joy. So much so that there's an entire feast dedicated to fulfilling 
just one mitzvah, one command, and that's hearing the sound of the shofar so that we learn its sound, so that we are anticipating its sound. It's used by men in the Bible. It's used by angels in the Bible. And at its heart, it's a primal sound. We understand that from the root words that are being used here. Leviticus 23 and verse 24 says of the Feast of Trumpets, Yom Teruah, Zikron Teruah Mikra Kodesh, a remembrance of Teruah, a holy dress rehearsal as I like to uh, translate Mikra Kodesh as usually a holy convocation, but it's really a rehearsal. It's a time to appear before the Lord and rehearse eternity. But why a remembrance of Teruah? Why a remembrance of the sound of the shofar? Well, Teruah comes from the root ruah, which means to mar or to break down, even brokenness. And Rosh Hashanah, which Yom Teruah is known by today, is called the day of the broken sound. It's a holiday season. It's a holiday when we hear the sound of the shofar 100 times. And the shofar is the sound, of course, of victory and of gathering and joy. But at its very root, it's the sound of brokenness. And it's actually the sound of a wounded lamb. So while Messiah will return really with the fullness of the meaning of the shofar, attention, gathering, movement, joy, victory, the season of Rosh Hashanah draws our attention to brokenness, a brokenness that is the result of sin. And it opens our heart to the work of the Holy Spirit in anticipation of the days of his return. So when we think about Rosh Hashanah, here we are 10 days before Yom Kippur, and we... We uh, are in that period of preparation, anticipation for the season of atonement. Now, for those of us in Messianic faith, Yom Kippur is a day when we reflect on what we have been forgiven for, what sins have been washed away, wiped away, cleaned away. We reflect on that and we look at the process of sanctification that the Lord is leading us through now, even though we will stumble here and there and have hiccups, as I like to say, we look to, on that day, the very fact that each and every day of our life we can turn to Him in repentance, we can feel that washing of the Holy Spirit, and we can once again be renewed and refreshed and restored to the Lord because of the work of the Spirit in us. So, what is the work of the Holy Spirit in the lives of the saints? Well, when we look at the text of the uh, the New Covenant, uh, the Renewed Covenant, the Refreshed Covenant, we learn about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Now, is He only in us and with us for the demonstration of the power of the living God? Is He only with us and in us for the purposes of spiritual gifts? And the answer is no. In John 14, and I'll have the full references for what I'm about to share in the show notes, but in John 14, he is our helper. He stays with us as believers, as disciples, so that we're not left as orphans. He reminds us of the words of the Messiah, and he's also our teacher. In John 16, he convicts regarding sin, righteousness, judgment. 
He speaks not about himself, but about the Messiah. Again, reminding us of the words of the Messiah, reminding us that Messiah is ever with us and that he is returning for us to take us to the place that he has prepared. And he announces what is to come. Moreover, the testimony of the renewed covenant is that he leads us, he sanctifies us, he empowers us, he fills us, he bears witness in us that we are the children of God. He produces fruit or evidence of the Lord's working in us. He distributes gifts and manifestations or shining out of his presence to and through the body of Messiah. He anoints us for ministry. He washes us. He cleanses us. He keeps these mortal bodies alive. He brings liberty. He transforms us into the image of Messiah. He strengthens our spirit. He gives us joy. He comforts us. And I could go on and on and on. Still, we have to recognize that the Holy Spirit, of course, is not new in the Renewed Testament or the the New Testament. He's been working in creation from the very beginning. He is the third person of the Godhead. He's the Spirit of the living God. And David said so beautifully, take not thy Holy Spirit from me. And as I mentioned in the previous podcast, in the Hebrew Scriptures, only a select few received the Holy Spirit, and they did so for an appointed purpose and for appointed times. Prophet, priest, king, artisan. The difference that we find with the revelation of Messiah is that the Holy Spirit, because the Messiah sent him to his people, he dwells permanently within us as a born-again people. He's not taken away from us, provided that we remain in faith, that we we can grieve the Spirit, we can quench the Spirit, He can be quieted or silenced in our lives because of times of disobedience. And when that happens, we can repent, and this temple can be cleansed, just as the temples in antiquity were cleansed at various times. This is the process of progressive sanctification. So, as the Holy Spirit is in us, he keeps us in the certainty of the hope of Messiah. As Paul wrote in 1 Thessalonians, we don't grieve as those who have no hope. We do grieve, but it's not a hopeless grief. It's not an endless grief. It's not a lifeless grief. Paul writes this, For through the Holy Spirit, by faith, we eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness. Galatians 5.5 And while we wait, the Spirit empowers us to cry out, much like the shofar, to recognize the victory that we have in the Messiah that came from the brokenness that he has repaired and how he has brought us into new relationship with the living God. Paul writes this in Galatians 4. Now, because we are sons, there's the spirit of adoption at work. And in the spirit of adoption, as he'll explain, we, whether Jew or Gentile, are now heirs according to promise. God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. And then the Holy Spirit seals our hearts. And we cry out, Abba, Father, Abba, Papa. I know people get a little bit um, agitated when I use that familiar, um, 
that familiar uh, name and recognition, Abba or Papa, Abba, Father, and so on. But it's very deeply personal, and it's very difficult to translate it into English. He continues, So you are no longer a slave, but a son, and if a son, also an heir. He writes in Romans 8, And, for you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall again into fear, Let me read that one more time. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall again into fear. Rather, you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry. By whom we cry. There's the beautiful connection to the shofar. The spirit of adoption. The Holy Spirit uh, evidenced in us as being adopted by the Father through the Son. We cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children also heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Messiah, if indeed we suffer with him, so that we may also be glorified with him, we share in the sufferings of Messiah. Why? Because the spirit of his son, the spirit of Messiah is in our hearts and we suffer in him. We join in that suffering of the Messiah and ultimately be glorified with him, taking us back to First Thessalonians. So when we think of this sound of the shofar, that sound that prepares us for the season that is to come, first Yom Kippur, the ten days after Rosh Hashanah, and then five days later at the Feast of Tabernacles of Sukkot, we hear the sound of the brokenness to draw us to repentance, but then we hear the sound of the shofar at, at, uh, at Sukkot, at Tabernacles, to rejoice. Because that is uh, Zaman Simchatenu, the time of our rejoicing. And we rejoice also with the sound of the shofar. So this is the work of the Holy Spirit in us. He's cleansing us. He's preparing us. We are as... Uh, we could understand it, a bride preparing for that day, the day of his return. But the Spirit has to remind us, and he does so through the Word, bringing the Word of God alive in us as we read it and see it and take hold of the promises of it, but also by the process of sanctification and through the process of leading us to the Messiah. As he is preparing us for the Messiah, we recognize, as Paul writes, the spirit of adoption, the spirit of his Son in our hearts, the Holy Spirit now residing in us, but also coming alongside of us as the paraclete, as he prepares us both in our walk and he prepares us in the inner chambers of our heart, as we are cleansed in that progressive sanctification, as we prepare for that day, either when we're graduated to glory, as Paul says, we're resting or sleeping, uh, we go to sleep there, and we uh, are caught up at that moment first, and then those who are left behind, as he says, are caught up with them. Or we're here when he returns, there is that process of preparation that is taking place. But by the Spirit, we know that we will not be left behind because we are not set apart unto wrath, but rather to the glory of the Lord. So again, he's washing, cleansing, keeping us, bringing us to liberty, giving us joy, causing us to celebrate in times when we otherwise would be mourning 
comforting us, anointing us, preparing us, helping us, reminding us of the words of the Messiah, reminding us that the Messiah loves us, that the Lord loves us, and he is preparing us to cry out, Abba, Father. Because there are times when we need that preparation. We need the heart to be released in such a way where we can cry out, Abba, Father, freely. And that takes us right back to the sound of the shofar and the brokenness that from which that comes. But we've been healed of that brokenness. The brokenness of our hearts, it is healed. And we are in the process of recovery as the Lord leads us gently along and helps us to see how forgiveness and grace and mercy is active in our life and active in the lives of those around us as we work out our salvation together. So, beloved friends, I hope and pray that there is something in this that is helping to clarify the work of the Holy Spirit as he prepares us for the sound of the shofar, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Teruah. So, in the show notes, I'll leave copious notes for you to look at, references of the work of the Spirit in and through us. And I hope and pray that that'll give you something to consider as you begin to understand the work of the Holy Spirit, perhaps in a slightly different way. So I hope and pray that you receive something from this today. And I hope and pray that no matter where you are, you remember that the Lord has not left you. You're not an orphan. You've been adopted by heaven. And that in that you are joint heirs, heirs according to promise. And that every promise is yes and amen. And Messiah Yeshua, Jesus. Hashem, Hashem, Yeshua. May the Lord bless and keep you all in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you in the next podcast.